Is this it, priest? The Pope's new army? A few crusty bitches and a handful of ragtags? I know, Bill. You swore this was a battle between warriors, not a bunch of Miss Nancys. So warriors is what I brought. The O'Connell Guard! The Flock Ugly! The Church Tales! Accept the challenge of the so-called natives. You plague our people at every turn. But from this day out, you shall plague us no more. For let it be known that the hand that tries to strike us from this land shall be swiftly cut down. Then may the Christian Lord guide my hand against your Roman popery. Prepare to receive the true Lord. Broadcasting from the Live Network Studios in West Atlantic City, New Jersey, it's the Quizzo Trivia Podcast with your hosts, Nick and Drew. To participate, tweet us at Quizzo Podcast or send us an email at info at quizzopodcast.com. That's Q-U-I-Z-Z-O. Now, let's get to the show. This time there's no buzz. That's good. We're buzzless. I'll tell you what, this time of year I can relate to Bill the Butcher. <laughs> yeah. As people invade my land, <laughs> it takes you me like thirty minutes to go five a minutes. Battle on the AC the boardwalk as we just call out the shoebies and start <laughs> screaming at them. <laughs> uh, seriously, Friday, just park your car and don't get back in until Monday. Yeah, literally. And and I do apologize to every uh, local restaurant that I frequent and all the places I normally. Oh go. yeah, see in September, <laughs> and they write a song about that. Because... Forget it. Yeah, it's not good. People, it's like, a forty-five minute wait to go somewhere. That sucks. That's right. There's no room for You start thinking else. to yourself in the back of your head, like, what are the places no one's going to go to? Maybe I should just try that. Yeah, just and... standing in line looking at an open lot thinking, geez, if I had a food truck right there, I would have <laughs> a 30-minute line. Seriously. Uh, there there should be an invasion of food trucks along with the invasion of uh, of summer folks. But it's Nick and Drew back with you for another Quizzo podcast. We apologize. Last week's uh, show was technically... Uh, flawed, and thus my perfectionist mentality forced me to take it down. I'm thinking about trying to get it back up there with a fix to get that buzz off. Uh, but ironically, uh, we'll just have two episode twelves. Well, no, actually, this is going right <laughs> to episode fourteen because I figured something out that's very ironic about that, that episode. So we did that one um, Quizzo special episode where we did the NFL draft coverage, and for some reason, oh, you we... didn't number that one? No, we never numbered it, so okay. it was not part of the official count. So technically, last week's so just flaw... like a hotel that doesn't have a thirteenth floor, right? So we we'll had right episode thirteen was basically cursed with a with a buzz, a loud buzz behind it. So you know that was that was my fault, and I do apologize there. But uh, we we hopefully have it fixed and, uh, fixed and have your audio quality. And I do appreciate all the. Uh, 
Uh, you don't know who listens to this show until you take an episode down that was only up for about six hours because a bunch of people wrote in and, and said, hey, huge fan of the show, got to listen, what happened to it? <laughs> so, right, you know, well, that's a good, good thing. Good people um, care, but... Uh... And I also apologize for not it recognizing happens. the sea border between uh, Norway and Denmark, which was a uh, an issue because there is no oh. third land border with the fourth uh, oh, fourth okay. country. So that was pointed out by a uh, Quizzo listener named Michael. We, you know, we do in the intro, you could tweet us. No one ever tweets us, but we do get a decent number of uh, emails and uh, keep them coming because anything we miss that you catch, uh, we'll make it to the next week and we'll be. Well, after yesterday's headlines, I'm not emailing anymore. I'm done with email. <laughs> yeah, what was yesterday's? Didn't Trump Jr. get in trouble uh, for like having a meeting with somebody who said I got I got something juicy on Hillary Clinton? Yeah, Russian attorney. He took or a meeting like, and everybody's up in arms. It's like it's like wait a minute. Who I thought, take that I thought that happens every single week yeah, in it, politics. Isn't that like, called I politics? That, I thought that's what politics is. But I, I saw the headline. I don't, don't want to get like, political because I'm going to get the Watergate. It yeah, was like what? Well, what are yeah, you talking I, about? Well, I stay away from that stuff because I don't want to get political. No, you know what I love? The best thing about it was please. Trump Jr. tweeted the story out ahead of the journalist who has been spending months trying to break the story. <laughs> I guess he found out that it was coming out. So, so instead well of giving the journal, out. yeah, he just went out and tweeted the whole story. It was like, you know, get ahead of the story, as they say. I, I know that the Russian media basically said that this is an American soap opera, and, and that's, yeah. uh, you know, that's who Ridiculous. likes it. It's, ve- it's very simple. It looks uh, like a bunch of, of crybabies that just can't get over well, the I election. Mean, folks, I'm only going to say this one time. This is my only political stance. Just don't vote for lawyers. Oh boy! You want politics to return? That's like his telling people don't vote. Uh, just don't vote for lawyers, <laughs> right? But don't you know? You can throw any theory you want at me, but until we start having a more diverse representation of uh, not lawyers <laughs> running everything on all levels, then uh, you know we'll see what we get. But yeah, uh, we need a, a, a route for like you know people who are cops, just people, construction <laughs> workers, just. Firemen, people who are in the community. People who are not lawyers. <laughs> I guess there's just no benefit to it if you're a public servant, and that's what it is. If you're a lawyer, huge benefit. And you get that uh, right. It's it's a natural pathway. They going. get groomed right from the yeah. beginning, and it's you know I don't know. I I just think that politics uh, should be run by a diverse group of people with skill sets. Engineers. You don't even have to go down to uh, you know low level jobs that don't necessarily require a lot of participation in in uh, civic service, but you have. So many different professions unrepresented. Scientists. There's like, you know, a half a percent of scientists in the United States government. Yeah, I don't think we have enough great scientists, though, doing what we need them to do. Yeah, that's a good Let point. alone. But, but I could see a situation where you... Haberdashers. <laughs> like uh, Truman, right? <laughs> Haberdasher. Haberdasher. <laughs> I love words like that. Those are my favorite. Yeah. All right. So let's let's get away from any political conversation. Oh, again... we can't. I got one more thing. Okay. I got one more thing. <laughs> we talked about it this week, uh, last week, and people didn't hear it. But we were talking about uh, Governor Christie yes. and his approval rating of 15%. Oh, my God. He's, he's in around. my thing, too. Oh, you got this? Uh, I, you know, I was all we, over we, this. We were saying, what is he doing? Like, what is he doing? He just doesn't care anymore. Blah, blah. Well, I know what he's doing. I know what he's doing, too, because Friday, Governor Christie is trying out to be a lead analyst on WFAN Sports Radio 66, where, by the way, I have heard him multiple times, and he's very good. The The most interesting thing about him is he won't talk politics, 
on the show. All he'll talk is sports. So he basically plays the the persona of of one of these uh, you know loudmouth New York sportscasters. But here's why he's so great. He hates all the New York teams. The guy's a Dallas Cowboys fans. So he gets such a rat. Like the f- so what, is it, are, so, uh, what I had heard is he's trying out for afternoons. He's Mike Francesa take, is going to take over for Francesa. Mike Francesa is retiring. And I think he's going to get the job. Oh, yeah. Okay. He's, he's great. I'm so I heard you. him on there with Francesa. It was great. This guy, I want to say his name was like Mike from Montclair. Right. And he calls in and he, you know, immediately... How's the beach, Governor? <laughs> and Christy fires back. He's like, you know what? I can't stand all you communists from Montclair. It was great. Just rip the guy. It, so, it's the ultimate forum to, for the guy. I might have well, to listen. Look, look you get uh, Mike Francesa was getting paid over a million dollars a year to do that. Christy loves doing it. He loves doing it. And you know in talk radio, if you have a name brand, if you have a brand that's identifiable one way or another, people hate you or like you, Howard Stern used to say all the time, the people that uh, like me listen for 15 minutes. The people that hate me listen for an hour. Sure. So, you know, Christy, you're going to have laundry Look lists at the career of, Limbaugh has oh made my. just being a blowhard yeah. into oh, yeah. a microphone. And yeah. The guy's oh. one of the highest paid people in I, show business. I think it's a home run, so I'm, I'm glad to see uh, he's doing something productive <laughs> yeah, and not being great. a lawyer. So, so now we know where he's heading, for the fan. <laughs> for the fan, New York. You can't write that stuff. The guy was almost going to be no, president. So yeah, he's getting the job I wanted when I was sure. in college. I, 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 you and I met at Syracuse University. You think I didn't both, want to work at WFAN? Overnight at the fan. Yeah, I mean, we were. Joe Beningo was one of my heroes growing up. I listened to him and Steve Summers every single night as a kid, and that's that's where all of my inane sports knowledge comes from. So, Governor Christie, we welcome you on the air. You remember when I introduced him at the Wharton Club? Oh, of course. You know, a million years ago, it was before he was even governor. But that was uh, it was nine years ago. Yeah, he yeah. was running for governor. He was running for governor, and I was a member of the Wharton Club of New Jersey. And I uh, reached out to his uh, campaign and said, "Would you like to speak to the Wharton Club?" And he said, "That Absolutely. was really one of the greatest political things I had ever seen." He he got up in a room of people that hated him, hated him, and he just took every question and, and went and, right back at and, him. And, and I he was, was like, amazing. This guy's my gonna, man. That guy's going to be governor of the state of New Jersey. Yeah. Like there was no question about it. He was also going up against Corzine, who was just so hated. So, you know, I, I don't know. He he was a rock star for a little while, but uh, I think he'll be good on WFAN. So that was certainly, yes, I definitely read that. I don't know if I have a a true segue into something else. Right, I got one more thing, then, and then I'll get off of politics, I promise. All right. Uh, did, you trivia, what, uh, did you see what did you see what former congressman went on the uh, Steve Colbert late night show and announced he will be leaving the Republican Party? I did not. All right, so he was making headlines, a little tiff with Trump. Uh, his nickname is Morning. Not- Morning Joe Scarborough. He's a congressman? He was. He was? Oh, yeah, dude. He was in the Florida Congress, like, way back. Oh, before I not he... know that. I knew he was the I host think he, of I Morning say... Joe, and oh, yeah, I know he that was... Trump insulted the hell out of his uh, <laughs> yeah, host. Yeah, I don't think people know that, and that's why I like to question. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. He, uh, no, he spent six that. years in the Florida Congress. I think he was only 32 when he took office. That's interesting. Yeah, because he's not, not that old, but he was in there in, like, I want to say, 01. I thought he was a news guy for some reason. Like, uh, I don't know, the, the name Scarborough, but I think there was well, a he's news... A, what do they call him, like a pundit? Right, Like right, a GOP right. pundit? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. But I think he... Uh, Chuck Scarborough is the other name I'm thinking of, and he was a longtime NBC... Oh, I'm wrong. You know. He got out in 2001. Okay. He was there from 1995 to 2001. Florida's is there any first relation to Chuck Scarborough? Does it say that? Not that I'm I know of. Chuck Scarborough was a long time like uh, 
a New York news guy on uh, network news. So for some reason that name stuck in my head. But uh, <clears throat> oh, well, his old man is Charles. So sounds like Chuck to me. That's that would make perfect sense. Although, but it doesn't. Usually, would say something. I I don't know. I'm not sure. All Let's right. leave that for another. Uh, well, sorry. Another topic. Sorry, Joe. Didn't know your. Oh, uh, Joe your was actually his name is Charles too. Oh, so he's he, Charles he, he be, Joseph Scarborough. He could be Chuck so Junior. Could be. All right. Well, I'm glad he went with Joe. So yeah, that's that's interesting. I did not know that he was uh, a political figure. I just thought he was a talking head. So gives him a little bit more credibility. So he's he's leaving the Republican Party to go to where? Independent? He's going independent. Yeah, he says sense. the Republican Party Party has abandoned their culture long before Trump was you know, again, How far will hate talking they let politics, it go? especially on this podcast, but I'm a big believer that uh multi-party a two-party system is bad for everybody and you need more parties uh to to balance out uh ideology and to to kind of create a coalition that's a little bit more diverse. And in most other countries, most other countries you have that. Uh, of course, not the People's Republic of North Korea. Yeah, but Korea. then w- once every <laughs> once every so often, the lunatic gets elected because when they're spread thin, like when there's eight parties, yeah, and then, no, that's, that's and true. the lunatics all vote for the one, and then everybody else is kind of spread out. Spread out. <laughs> you, you want to avoid that, also. All right, let's move away to uh, some other subjects here uh, uh, that are over the world. I, you know, rarely, rarely, rarely do I ever give a top ten. In the Quizzo podcast, I mean, we've done a dozen of these so far. I think it's only come up a couple times, but I came across one that was super interesting and uh, fairly relevant. So I wanted to see how you did on this, and, and we'll, uh, you know, make this uh, a pretty substantial thing from my end uh, on the general knowledge round. They'll skip a couple of it stuff that I was going to cover, but um, you know, there's eleven artists that I know of that have twenty three or more singles that have been in the top ten of Billboard's charts, U.S. charts. I was curious how many well, you okay, could get. All right. Let's start so, over. <clears throat> 23 or more singles to reach the top 10 of Billboard charts. There's 11 oh, okay. artists. So, right. so this is like massive performance here. We're, we're talking, you know, a longevity. Right, let me get a sheet of paper. Yeah, yeah. No worries. So, uh, it, again, all right, so there's 11. The 11. All right, any 10 of the 11 that have had 23. Or more top ten hits in the Billboard charts specifically, so not number right, one. I, hits, I should but be top pretty. Good, I should be pretty good at this, right? Uh, the Beatles. Beatles, of course, number three on the list with thirty-four, thirty-four hits. Crazy. And they're number three on the list. Number three. Okay, Elvis. Number two on the list with thirty-six top ten hits on the Billboard charts. How about Madonna? Number one on the list with thirty-eight top ten hits on the Billboard charts. All right. Now we'll Killing go it so far. Three for three with, with the top three. That's impressive. I have one band that's jumping out at me, but I want to hold off for a second. Um, Mariah Carey? Mariah Carey is number eight on the list with 27 top ten hits. Stones? The only band besides the Beatles. That was the Rolling Stones. That's what I was on the fence number about. 11, I was like, number 11. Number 11 with 23. Like, I knew they were right around there, and I was like, hey, let me just do it because it, it's the first thing I keep thinking about every time I'm trying to move on. Yep. All right, so let's go with Elton John. Elton John is number six on the list with 27 hits. Where there's Elton John, is there Billy Joel? Where there's Elton John, is there Billy Joel? Billy Joel... Is not part of this list. All right, so I get my first X at the seventh spot. All right, let's get off the schneid quick and not keep this going. Uh, boom, boom, boom. Oh, Michael Jackson. Michael Jackson, number four on the list. Two to go. Where are we going to go with it? Ladies 
or men? Hmm. Who? Jeez, I wonder if there's anybody recent. Like, how many did I have to get to? Got to get to twenty three. And I think I have an update to this that I'm that I'm in the process of. Yeah, like has Katy Perry had twenty three? I don't think so. That's a lot. That's so interesting that you said that at that exact moment too. Because is she right at that like, around that number? That's precisely what I'm looking up. As far, she's had twenty seven uh, singles released, but I'm trying to see if twenty three have hit it. Hit the top ten, right? So I think she's going to qualify. I think she's going to qualify. Wow, twenty three out of twenty seven singles have all gone to the top ten. Yep, it's a pretty good. Pretty good number there. It is. All right, so you giving it to me in the ninth spot? Uh, hold on, I'm I'm counting, I'm counting. All right, I'm I'll counting. think about my last guess. Nope, Wait. nope, she nope. doesn't qualify. She's uh, got uh, second. X. She's at about she's about sixteen. All right, yeah, that's a lot. Twenty three. All right, so uh, my last guess will go with. This is why Quizzo is so great to have things to talk out with people. Because yep. Sometimes you just sit in your own head and you can't. Prince? Nope. Ah. That's a great guess. All right. So there's there's four that you didn't get. All right. And I think one of them is one that you're going to wish you had back. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm sure all four of them. Sure. Okay. So one of – well, you see, I think two of them are kind of like, wow, that's a – one of them is definitely, in my opinion, a surprise. All right. Give me the surprise. Number seven on the list with 27, also tied with Mariah Carey and Elton John, Janet Jackson. Wow. Never would have guessed her. Yeah. Uh, Don't feel bad about that one. Number nine on the list, that's the current one that I thought you were going to go instead of Katy Perry, Rihanna, who's got 25. All right. So what's interesting is Rihanna did not cross my mind, so I – you know. I could live with myself there. I and was thinking th- maybe Lady Gaga or yeah, yeah. Taylor I think, Swift. I think or people Katie will be Perry. going that direction. Now they haven't hit it yet, but they're they're close. They're coming in. Yeah. Uh, but they'll probably get there with another four or five. And um, number ten, which is one I thought you would get, which was Whitney Houston, with twenty three. I wouldn't have had her either. Okay. So I actually I think I did all right, man. Excellent. I can no, look that myself was... in the mirror after that. Oh one. yeah, no question. Especially nailing top three right after one after another. Um, all right, so I got some kind of like all over the place uh, things that are general knowledge things that we could throw out there that'll be part of uh, some upcoming quizzes, and then we'll move on to sports. But uh, you know, this was um, uh, this was one that I I remember with my Shakespeare trivia. I'm just bad at that type of stuff, and when I come across those questions from time to time, it's nice to get reminders, and I'm like, oh yeah, that's where it is. So there's a town in New Jersey. It was one of the first towns I lived in, and it turns out it's the name of a town in Italy. That is the famous setting of a Shakespeare play. I know this. So what's the play and what's the town? <laughs> I, I think there's a town in New Jersey called Verona. You're right. right. Absolutely. Verona, New Jersey. And I was like, oh, yeah, I grew up in Verona, New Jersey. That's funny. And uh, one of the things, I didn't know you grew up in Verona. Yeah, yeah. Funny. That, that was one of uh, the first towns I ever lived in as a kid. It's where I went to nursery school. And on top of that, uh, Verona High School's team nickname are the Hillbillies, Nick. The Verona Hillbillies. And they have a literal guy carrying a jug of moonshine as their mascot. It was the most offensive mascot I'd ever seen in my life. I'm sure they got rid of it because we're in a PC world, but this was when I was in high school. <laughs> right, and it right. was like a big deal when the Lancers played the Hillbillies because they were the Hillbillies. I mean, huh. that's, it's hard to get funnier than that. So are they still the Hillbillies or know, we don't know? Uh, let, let's see. Uh, let's see if PC culture has taken over, uh, uh, taken over Verona High School in New Jersey. Are they still the Hillbillies, folks? 
This is uh, super interesting stuff waiting for us to figure it out. Athletic. Oh, yes. God bless America. The Verona High School Hillbillies are alive <laughs> still, and well. Still alive and well. They compete in the Super Essex Conference, folks. They are still the Hillbillies. So you can you can chalk that up to uh, one of the best high school sports team nicknames in the country, Verona High, Romeo and Juliet. And uh, this was another thing that was um, sort of interesting. I was kind of just doing some uh, research on why this town in particular got this designation. But, you know, the formal uh standard the former standard for universal time was named after which english city the for the former standard for universal time it is no longer the standard for universal time there is a new standard for universal oh time. so it's not greenwich mean time it is anymore not greenwich mean time All right, i thought that was the current nope nope uh, that's uh, greenwich mean time is the former standard universal right. mean time uh has replaced it and it's more accurate i just read this whole is it called universal yeah you know, right. universal. i haven't heard that yet yep and uh greenwich mean time is not as accurate as uh as this uh right. time city but yeah greenwich england so it's because the royal observatory of london was located there so that's they were measuring uh based on when uh noon hits based on when the sun is directly above a particular line of uh, you know, uh, latitude, and um, I am terrible with science stuff, so I'm explaining this completely inaccurately. But the point is, the Royal oh, okay. Observatory of London was located there, and that's why Greenwich, England, got the GMT, but it is no longer the universal standard. So time. do we know, is, is Greenwich Mean Time at noon when the prime meridian, is it midnight? Because that's what I had always thought. I had always thought that the day starts in the prime meridian, like in the Pacific Ocean, and then halfway around the world was Greenwich, and that would be like noon when that was... Not that I ever did any research on that, but that's just what I always thought. So it says, um, <clears throat> to avoid confusion, the name Universal Time was introduced to denote GMT as counted from midnight, but uh, GMT is noon. Oh, right. Okay, so, so that's what yeah, I thought. Yeah. All right. Yeah, uh, GMT is noon. The prime meridian is midnight. Correct. So, and I guess it says, due to the Earth's uneven speed in its elliptical orbit, uh, that that is, you know... GMT is rarely the exact moment the sun crosses uh, Greenwich's meridian, so that's why a more robust system of discovering exactly the right time is used. But uh, Greenwich, England will always uh, be famous for that, and it won't be famous uh, for sandwich uh, <laughs> because sandwich is a completely different place in England, but it's also something else that leads into a question for you. Do you know what islands were once referred to as the Sandwich Islands? I do. What you got? Pretty sure the Sandwich Islands were Hawaii. You're right. Yeah. Absolutely. Hawaii's former name is the Sandwich Islands, so that was my tremendous segue from Greenwich the Sandwich. <laughs> I hope you appreciated it. All right, let's uh, move on to some sports. We did a uh, whole ton of general knowledge there. I got a lot in uh, in the sports world for you. Um, coming across some really interesting things uh, that I like to look up from time to time as seasons end. So you kind of go, uh, you know, we're, we're starting the football season. I want to know some things about that. And, uh, of course, the end of basketball and hockey seasons as well. So I was looking at the longest tenured coaches in the four major sports. And we had a question a couple weeks ago about how Greg Popovich is now the longest tenured coach uh, in all four professional sports. You had countered that, uh, you know, a lot of people think, will think it's Bill Belichick. And, right. Uh, so we, we know basketball we know football but do you know baseball and hockey and the longest tenured coaches in those professional sports all right i'd have a hard time digging up a hockey coach if i had to ho <laughs> so, ho hockey is impossible i'll just say scotty bowman 
Scotty Bowman's retired for, <laughs> for like a decade. I know. I know. That's I fantastic. Is, is, is Gretzky coaching? I, mean, no, I, I don't no, know. I got, I got so, so the longest tenure, any, uh, the longest tenured NHL coach is the coach of the Chicago Blackhawks, uh, Joel Quinville, who's been there since two thousand. Quinville? Yeah, Quinville. Oh, with Quinville. Q U. Okay. I thought it was. Listen, I spelled this W Q U E N N E V I L L E. This is why I can't follow hockey. <laughs> that's a, that's a lot names. of letters, man. I can't get these names that's straight. A lot of letters, but uh, the long. That's why I like Mike Fisher from Nashville. First of all, he's Mike married Fisher. to Carrie Underwood, who's a celebrity. Previous to that, and his it name was, was Mike Fisher. Yeah. Previous to that, the Red Wings head coach Mike Babcock, who's got a nice name. Uh, he, was he was the longest tenured. Oh, so that was Scotty Bowman. That's what I was thinking. Of. <laughs> right. Mike back, but <laughs> that's he, a different guy. He got fired mid-flight. And now is the coach of the Toronto Maple Leafs. So, right. so, so now take him that's where Joel Quenville. So we got one more for you, and that is baseball's longest tenured coach. Right, so you and think... it's a double-parted question because not only do I want to know baseball's current longest tenured coach, I want to know the longest tenured coach in baseball history. All right, I'm going to go with that first okay. because I know a guy that was there for so long. There's no way anybody's beating this guy. Connie Mack? Connie Mack. 50, 50 years. 50 years. <laughs> 1901 to 1950, the coach yeah. of the Philadelphia Athletics, who used what as a mascot? Used what as a mascot? Yeah. What was their, What animal was the Philadelphia? Elephant? Elephant. All right. What college program? Uses an elephant as a mascot. The Crimson Tide. Crimson Tide. So that's a two-parter for you. And uh, those are all clues that will be in the sports round uh, in one form or another. So Connie Mack, 50 years, the longest tenured coach of any major pro sport is never going to be touched. College might be a different story. Um, you actually have guys that are getting absurdly close. But uh, Pat Summit, I believe, coached for 33 seasons. Um, Still another 17 yeah. years. Shashevsky, or maybe 22 seasons. Shashevsky's been 33 seasons. So I don't see him getting there as much as I'd like to see. No, nope. Beheim definitely not. Um, but nah, 50. Yeah, I mean, you got to start when you're 20. Right. And to go 50 years, I mean. It, it, sure, and yeah. then even then it's uh, incredibly challenging, especially one team. That'll never happen again. So, um, All right, so we're down to one more part of that question, which is the longest current tenured coach in baseball. Who's been with his team the longest? I really want to get this right. It's a good one. It is in my wheelhouse, and I really want to get this right. Um, I think it's the most— I have one name that I'm just not going to be able to get off of, I don't think. Okay. Mike Sosha. You got it. Yes. Bingo. Anaheim Angels longtime manager Mike Sosha, who has been there for 17 seasons. He's slightly ahead of Joe Girardi. Who I think is oh uh, really he's he's Ger- number two now I think Girardi's number two Boy, I'm getting old man it feels like just yesterday <laughs> now he's the well, second longest tenure think about it I mean everybody that's been there for a while the turnover is is absurd so the Twins lost their manager and uh, uh, you know guys that have well it's funny because when I started rooting for baseball you know just the, had these names and these guys they thought they'd been there forever Sparky Anderson sure, sure. and Tommy Lasorda it's just like guys that were just synonymous with the club. Uh, just not like that anymore, I guess. You saw the All-Star game, of course, last night, and uh, the AL won uh, their fifth consecutive All-Star game. Did you see who the coach of the All-Star game was last night? Well, the coach of the All-Star game last night, the the AL coach you're looking for? Yep, the AL coach. Hmm. Was, that's the, the coach of the Indians last year, right? Don't right. you coach the team if you're? Yes, you're you're onto something. But that's there's a reason I'm asking that question. <clears throat> I 
I didn't see it. Okay, so Terry Francona is the coach of the Indians, but he did not coach the game last night because right, he's so going through the... major uh, uh, health okay. complications. So Brad Mills, the bench coach for the Indians, was the coach of the okay. Indians last night. Was the coach? So he was the acting manager. It's probably maybe the only time in baseball history that a bench coach has been the active uh, All Star Game coach. So. Well. Yeah, I'm surprised. You would think they would go to the team that lost in the ALCS. No, and let that coach do it. No, so it was Brad Mills. So a little, little bit of interesting uh, trivia for you for last night. Right. Uh, what do you got for me in the one. world of sports? Yeah, I, it's, I, I don't know that that's going to make it in there in that form, but I think it might be asked uh, one way or another. All right, I got a baseball one while we're talking about it. Okay. Uh, Yankees all-time leader in home runs for a rookie. Who was the Yankees all-time? So now it's leader? Aaron Judge, yeah, and I was at that? the game. He broke the record. So, it's the all-star break. Yeah, it's the all-star break, and he has 30, and the record There's before that There's been a few good Yankees over the years. A couple. Joe DiMaggio had the record before yes. 29. They're all over it. So, well, I was there Friday night for the Brewers-Yankees, uh, and I was there, well, I had tickets for Saturday, but my five-year-old daughter's interest in baseball, unfortunately, is not overwhelming. So. Well, I think it was pretty aggressive thinking you were going to get her to go two days in a row. Yeah, that was, <laughs> I mean, that was sheer insanity. I try to get, get to one game a season. Right, right. Yeah, it, it back just, to backs. The first pitch. It's a lot of cotton like, candy. The first pitch was thrown, and my daughter turns to me and goes, is it over yet? <laughs> it was the first pitch thrown. Well, your first mistake was getting there for the first pitch. We were there an hour and a half early. Oh, it was, forget you it. Know, you know my dad. He likes to be oh, the first. So she I was, roll up she was fourth already, inning with she, those She already like had it's... cotton candy. Like Every good thing about the park had already been experienced. We had the beach towels. Then it, what happened was in the fourth inning, the skies opened up and it started raining like crazy. So there was a 50-minute rain delay. We're out of there. Oh, yeah. So it was, it was no chance. No, no chance. But after we left, that's when Aaron Judge hit the home run uh, that brought them up 4-2, and that was the record breaker. So I was at the game, but I didn't see the hit. Wow. All um, right. But, uh, yeah, so that's pretty impressive. And then, of course, he won the home run derby uh, following that up. And, that you know, what are you going to say? But they obviously have a future New York superstar uh, sitting there on the Yankees. All right, so that took you no time. So I've got something that I'm going to go back at you with right away here. Then. Sure. Who is the only player in the NBA that has won an Olympic gold but not on the U.S. Olympic team? Who's the only player in the NBA that has won an Olympic Olympic gold gold but not on the U.S. Olympic team? So I want to say Pau Gasol? No. Mm. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Um, So I do remember when— Where's Pau Gasol from? Spain. Yeah, when was the last time Spain won gold? I don't medal? know. I know somebody beat the U.S. like right. uh, like twelve right. years ago. Yeah, exactly. You got the year right. You don't have to. Say. I don't even remember what country it was. That's like I tuned out. But was it like uh, was it a, was a Eastern European team? Nope. Uh, Spanish, like uh, South American. Yes. Okay. Oh, so I got the answer. Uh, it's got to be uh, uh, what's his name on the San Antonio Spurs? Yep. The uh, Oh jeez, come on! Uh, how am I forgetting this guy? He's been there forever in a day. He's uh, he started with hair, and now he has no hair. Oh yeah, he's been there that long. <laughs> that guy had a beautiful head of hair. He had a gorgeous head of hair. Uh, how am I forgetting his name? God, you know, I have so many soccer players going through my head right now that like it, I'm. Uh, it's just not coming to me. Even though I'm, give me a, give me a little something. I'll I'll spit it right out. And it was Argentina that beat the U.S. Argentina, right? so yeah. He, he was Argentinian, and. Uh, God, I could pick so up since, this guy's since face. So since 1992, the only country to win a gold medal at the Olympics besides the U.S. US. is Argentina. Gotcha. And they did it in 2004, which is really a disgrace to the Americans who uh, 
came in third. I guess they got the bronze. Yeah, that was not a good. That was kind of a. Everybody was in a malaise, but uh, so anyway, his name is Manu oh, Ginobili. Uh, Manu Ginobili. How could yeah. I possibly forget that? That's ridiculous. All right, sorry, sorry, Manu. But I mean, listen to this team: Melo, Boozer, Duncan, Iverson, LeBron. I mean, that's. <laughs> <laughs> against right. nobody's name you've ever seen before. Except Manu Ginobili. Against four guys and Manu Ginobili. What must it like when he goes back to Argentina? I oh, mean, that, that guy. guy just... He's got to be absolute hero. Now, I mean, they. It's funny, too, because I, I think basketball is underrated as far as how popular it is in South America. I mean, obviously, everybody knows how popular soccer is in South America, but Argentinians take uh, basketball very, very seriously, and so does Brazil. Brazil's turned out some players over the years, too. Nene uh, Hilario, who's fairly good center for the Denver uh, Nuggets, drafted by the Knicks, played probably about 12, 13 seasons. He was Brazilian. So there's been some guys. We had that uh, seven-foot center from uh, Syracuse, uh, Mello uh, something or other. Fab? Fab Mello. I think he died. What? Yeah. Oof. I know. It's, it's rough. tough when you're seven feet tall. You never know. All right. So, um, okay, that's uh, that's all I had in sports. You got anything else for me before we move on to some geography history? I have something that's kind of interesting we could talk about quickly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, We're in- yeah, Fab died in 27th, February, 2017. Yep. Brazilian. It's a bummer. Um, all right, so we've got um, Wimbledon. Indeed. It's going on right now. I actually had a Wimbledon question in here, too. I, never, I didn't... Highlight it because I figured uh, we were running out of time. And I was just, uh, you know, I'd, I'd heard somebody say this a while ago about how this is sort of the golden age of men's tennis. Because mm-hmm. like, you have to, a like, big appreciate, four. appreciate it while you're, you're going on. So, yeah, the big four. So, as I say, the number one seeds at mm-hmm. Wimbledon, the four number one seeds, have won every Wimbledon since 2002. That's incredible. So, you could either try to name for me. The four. Well, I could give them to you. Okay. Very easily. So Noja- uh, Novak Djokovic, Andy Murray, uh, and then, of course, uh, Roger Federer and uh, uh, the Spanish uh, the Spanish tennis player, Rafael Nadal. Okay. Well, nobody's won back-to-back in over 10 years. That's crazy. And that's going to keep going because Andy Murray just got ousted. Oh, he did? Uh-huh. Oh, that's a bummer. Uh, so that'll keep He's that, been that'll battling knee injury. Who'd beat him? He's Did not having a good year. Joker. No, he, they're not in the quarterfinal, oh, wow. or they're not in the semis yet. So, wow. yeah, only two left. Nadal's out also. So there's Federer and uh, he lost to a Frenchman the other day. I and saw that. Djokovic, okay, left. Yeah. So, all right. So here, can you can you give for me any of the three guys that have won since the Sampras era besides the big four? And they're really tough. I mean, there's one guy you might have a shot at. No but, prayer. Okay, Leighton Hewitt, mm. Gor Gorin. Ivanovich, Ivanovich, it's not even close. And then <laughs> Richard Rychek. So I mean, besides yeah. those three, I might have been able to. You got to go back to like ninth. You know, got to go back to two thousands oh, before anybody besides those four have won Wimbledon. So I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. All right, so just fire one one Wimbledon back at you since we have right. both of them in there. What other sport is in the official name of the Wimbledon? Croquet. Croquet. It is the tennis and croquet lawn is it tennis. The- is it okay? I was gonna say, is it the lawn and croquet or lawn tennis? It, something like that. It's lawn tennis. Let's get the official name yeah, of Wimbledon so that we uh, we don't butcher it. Uh, but yeah, croquet is clearly. Have you ever played croquet? Not in an official manner. I mean, I think I've played on my friend's yard or something like that. But 
I guess it's just called the Championships Wimbledon, but the club. Right, but where where is it hosted at? The All England. All England Lawn Tennis and Croquet Club. Okay, so you're right. So there you go. All England Lawn Tennis and Croquet Club. Uh, And my favorite soccer team in England that's not on a high level, my favorite minor league soccer team, is a team called AFC Wimbledon. And they have a really interesting story as to why they're my favorite team. So basically, it's a Cleveland Brown story uh, about, I don't know, they were they were around for 70-something 70, 70 years as AFC Wimbledon, or, or Wimbledon um, FC. And they were a very famous team. They won a bunch of, uh, you know, trophies and what have you, and then uh, kind of started falling down the ranks a little bit. Then this owner bought them, promised to invest all this money uh, in rebranding the club, building them back up, and instead made a deal with a, t- uh, a town called Milton Keys about 50 miles away and moved the club out. So it was like a huge controversy in England. The fans were out of their minds. They basically felt bamboozled. There was crooked politicians involved in this, and it was really a big, uh, a big issue. So what happened was the town got together and created Green Bay Packers style, a new football team, city-owned. That's owned by the fans. It's the only one in this. Uh, so it's still it's still, still owned by the fans. And they entered in the tenth division of English soccer, right? Do they go after free agents? Well, so here's what happened: as a tenth division English soccer with a very limited budget and all this other stuff. No, they they have the same model. Spill <laughs> <laughs> through the draft. Spill through the draft. There's no, yeah, right. So, but but this is what was remarkable: they did not lose a game, Nick, for seven years. Wow. Okay. They went from Division Ten to Division Three, which is then in professional soccer. So, like they the have Division Ten. Yes, they have all the way down to Division Ten in England. So, if you could think about how many teams that is, every little it's city everybody and borough, play soccer. Everybody got to play. Soccer. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> it's, it's, it's like the military mandated, mandated in Israel. By law. Yeah, you got to spend four years playing soccer, whether you so like it or not. They went seven years without losing a game. They make it all the way up. Now this year, they are ahead of the Milton Keys Dons in the standings in the same division. Ah, so, so it's it's an incredible story, uh, and now they have a new stadium they're getting ready to build that was just approved, and they're they're building their franchise up. And what they've used as their logo is the phoenix rising from the ashes. So oh. a, a shout out to AFC Wimbledon, who's who's my favorite club over there, and I hope we oh. have a relationship with them for uh, Atlantic City FC down the line. So I've I've contacted a bunch of people over there and hope to build that. So. All right, um, let's move on to some geography history. I got a couple of interesting things uh, for you. One of them we burned already because I asked the Hawaii question uh, in there, and there's another segue to Hawaii later. But, you know, I I can't believe how many areas of Mexico give name to famous food and drink. (laughs) It feels like almost every region of Mexico has a... Uh, you know, when you get to, to is there a tequila in Mexico? Right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So that's that's an actual area. So what na- what state in Mexico gives name to a famous sauce? A sauce. Hmm. Uh, hmm. A good one. Con queso. Con queso. That means with cheese. So that would be <laughs> that, that would be the the city of with cheese, Mexico. <laughs> uh, let's see. What is my Favorite Mexican sauces. Uh, when I think of Mexico, I don't think of a sauce as much as salsa. No, no, it's not salsa. Can't say salsa and seltzer though at the same time. It's very hard uh, to order salsa with your seltzer. Is mole a sauce? <laughs> no, I like that one too. <laughs> you ready? Go ahead. Tabasco. Oh, 
I think I the did know that. The state of Tabasco, Mexico. I think I did know that. So. I was, th- you know, I always think of Tabasco as being from Louisiana. Yep, but it ain't. Uh, it's a state in Mexico. So McElhern or whoever did it. Yep, Tabasco, Mexico. Good one. Shoot, I did know that too. Dang. Yep. So there you go. That was uh, what you got for me. Uh, geography, history. I'm a big fan out. of like what places call themselves the capital. Like we have the Blueberry Capital. Oh yeah. You know, in Hamilton, been, right here. Where, in where Bill Clinton was from, Hope, Arkansas. It's the watermelon capital watermelon of the world. Capital. They had the largest watermelon ever on register there, and they were selling T-shirts at the <laughs> gas station. I love these. Uh, yeah, I, I passed these, through when I was like twelve these, years old, and Clinton had just gotten elected. So, like every mini mart in Hope, Arkansas had like a Clinton memorabilia section in there. And then like right next to it was Welcome to Hope, Arkansas, home of the world's largest watermelon. That's the kind of thing you don't forget. <laughs> no, <laughs> you know what no, I mean? no, forget it. It's like right. what are you gonna stake your claim on, folks? Well, the world's largest water largest watermelon was once here. All right. Good yeah, enough. How for bright me. was Bill Clinton that he came from like the town known for the largest watermelon <laughs> all the way to the White, White House. House. You know, that's crazy. It's like you usually never have a shot. Uh, you're from you don't town get out of the town with the largest, largest watermelon. <laughs> now, that's the kind of thing that appears in an 80s like movie as a joke. You know what I mean? It's like, I'm yeah, like how Like when Pee Wee was on his adventure. Right. You know, uh, you know or, or Doc Hollywood or, Griswold, or Michael J. Fox dra- got, got broken kids. down in Indiana. Yeah. It was a town that... Uh, yeah, that was actually a good movie. I, mean, Doc, I haven't seen Doc it. Doc Hollywood's a great movie. I haven't seen it so long. Fantastic Don't call movie. my recommendation, but I liked it nah, at the time. It was a great movie. I'm not sure if they held up. It's absolutely legendary. So what... Uh, what city is the insurance capital of the world? How exciting. <laughs> I love it. You think of this town, you think of insurance. liability. <laughs> oh, my God. You but, know. but this is the insurance capital of the world. You, you, would, you would figure that I would... Uh, I'm going to just throw something random out there. Like North Carolina, Charlotte, North Carolina? No, I'll try to give you a clue. I believe there is an insurance company... That just calls themselves this. So, uh, like, there's Northwest Mutual, there's Lincoln Mutual, like Omaha, Nebraska, uh, Chicago. Uh, is o- Omaha Mutual is a company I was thinking of, or something. But I don't know. Yeah, I, I'm, uh, I, I have no. This uh, you got nothing on this. I got, <laughs> I, I, so I've never but... heard it. I don't know it, and I've probably been there and never even saw it while I was there. Oh yeah, you've been there. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. North Virginia. That strikes me where a lot. All of right, there's a place people. called the blank, and it's an insurance for business, home, and auto. It's called the blank, and it's the town. But nah, not doing it. The Hartford. Oh, okay, good for Hartford. Hartford, Connecticut, Connecticut sure. is the insurance capital. Oh yeah, of I've the been world. there. I, I can say nothing. I mean, it's in it's in like paragraph two of their about the the city as it hosts many insurance headquarters and the region's major industry. <laughs> there you go. So, folks, if you're you're trying to plan a career in insurance, you can you go to Hartford. You go to Hartford. <laughs> Hartford is the <laughs> welcome to the insurance capital of America. All right, so that's uh, there. You go. That's an interesting one. Um, I got anything else for you? Yeah, I think you know this is a good one. Uh, what ship began its famous voyage September sixth, sixteen twenty? September sixth, sixteen twenty. What famous ship began its voyage? It uh, sounds like the, May- the Mayflower to me. It is the Mayflower. Good job. Yeah. yeah. You know, how hard do you think that's going to be? Well, when it comes to famous ships, 
It's not that many of them. Right, and it's too late for Columbus. Too it's late too for, early the for the Titanic. Too early for the Titanic. And, uh, yeah, people. I think people will get it. Yeah, I think so, too. It's uh, That's a fairly easy one. Uh, this was one that was not as easy, and it's, again, you know, when I was doing that uh, question about Verona, I was looking at Italian geography, um, and honestly, this somehow escaped me. And with all of my studies of, of Greek history and, and stuff like that, I figured that this uh, particular uh, water mass would have come up more, but I almost never hear it mentioned, and I never think about it, but do you know the city of Venice is situated in the northwest corner of Italy? Which sea? Yeah, I, I know this because it's nicknamed the Jewel of the Adriatic. Jewel of the Adriatic, the yeah. Adriatic Sea. Yep, so there you go. There's uh, another one I thought that was interesting. It's not, so, you know, I think everyone's going to put Mediterranean because right. Italy is so heavily associated with the Mediterranean Sea. Right, those are tricky when you have little seas inside yep. of Bigger larger, seas. Yeah. <laughs> so, it's, it gets tricky when it yeah. comes to trade. Well, I figure that's uh, you could ask that a bunch of different ways too. You could ask what the jewel of the age. Well, that's that's is. the way to ask it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Or Venice is nicknamed the jewel of what sea? There you go. Because now it's like you could say the Mediterranean, but it's not called the jewel of the Mediterranean. And, and you'll get these questions the scattered over a couple Adriatic. of weeks in, in the different games. All right, so throw one more at me, and then let's move all right, on so to. I've got a two for ten, all three for twenty that I like uh, for you. I think two of them are much easier than the third, but I think you got a shot at all three of these. Okay, especially because you do pace. You pay more attention, I think, to English kings and stuff than I do. Hmm. There's been only three names used by an English king since 1700. Yep. Only three names. You got them for me? Sure. Uh, so George. You got it. Uh, there was a Charles. No. Um. No Charles. We're going to have one eventually, right. supposedly. Unless he abdicates. But uh, So i got to think of who was the one that abdicated. Um, well, there's one other name that's very common. Sure, that you sure, get, sure. And then the other one's tough. Um, let's I love when see. the two for 10, all three for 20s has yeah, like I a mean, real tough one to you know make people George, George is the easy one. So I, I want to be very careful with this. With this uh, uh, Edward. Yes. King Edward. So like at the time of the revolution and all, yeah, we yeah. all the Edwards and stuff. So was... all right, you got the two that I thought were easy. You want the last yeah, one or yeah. you want to go after it? Nah, I'm not going to get it. All right, we might get this one too because Charles is next in line after Charles. I uh, thought George is... Uh... No, George is the grandson. Who's George's dad? Oh, that's right. Of course. You got... Uh, so Prince... Uh... Harry? Harry's older brother, married to Kate Middleton. Oh, yeah. You don't read a lot of People magazine. No, he's he's all over the place, too. So <laughs> yeah. Harry's the iron one, but uh, I, I know his name. I'm just blanking on it. We just had the Prince round, two, like, two weeks ago, and, and I had him there. But uh, uh, Prince William. 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 Prince go. William. There you go. William and So Harry. we've had a William since 1700, so that's it. So, okay. Yeah, yeah, interesting. All right. Not so. a lot of diversity in the names of uh, English kings. Uh, well, guess what starts Sunday, my man? Oh, is there a certain TV show that there begins is, on Sunday? <laughs> there is a certain TV show that begins there been on a, Sunday. Has there been a buzz about this TV show starting? Yeah, literally, I can't, I am like, I can't believe it's finally coming. That I, I'm, I'm almost I like... I I don't even want it to start. No, I, I actually, I'm, <laughs> I, I want to like let the whole seven episodes go and then just lock myself in the a room for one day. The fact that it's only seven day. episodes, you just, that just it's, it's all painful. me. No, because the summer will be over as soon as this is over, and then it's like nothing to look forward to. I don't know. It's... You know, well, there is something called starts. football season. Yeah, football season that's starts. Pretty and that's pretty good. That's true. Fantasy will will no doubt carry me. I there. just feel like when Thrones is over, I'm I'm just I don't know. All right. So speaking of long 
long Last waits. This, this question is about long waits in between things happening. So, all right, are we into a uh, different topic? We're, or... we're in entertainment. Okay, we're, we're out of geography history here. The Beach Boys, right? Okay, First they've been all, around a while. Who's their drummer? Oh my god, the drummer of the Beach Boys. The drummer of the Beach Boys on is tour it right Uncle now. Jesse, it is Uncle Jesse. John right. Stamos is the drummer for the Beach Boys. I love that. Shout out to him. He's one of my all-time favorites. But this question isn't about that. This is about pre-Stamos. Okay. Um, the Beach Boys had a 20-year gap between number one hit songs, probably the longest of any band ever. I don't know that for sure, but I it's one of the longest. It certainly sure. sounds like it. All right. Can you give me the last number one and the next number one, and I'll give you the years, 1967 right. and 1988. I expect people will yeah, get part I, of this. Kokomo. Kokomo, 1988. I thought Kokomo was a little earlier than that, though. But nope. if you had asked me the year, I would have gotten the year wrong on Kokomo. I thought it was like the part of range, part of the but... movie Cocktail with yeah. Tom Cruise, one of my all time favorite movies. Yes, absolutely. Does not hurt that Elizabeth Shue was the lead role in that, and she's no. my favorite. No, yeah, Elizabeth Shue. Never if hurt. anybody's out there, any females that are just obsessed with this show, right? And you just love me to death, and you're anything like Elizabeth Shue. <laughs> You can find me. I oh, will geez, let you, you find you. You're opening up a can of worms. Yeah, probably. But uh, now that is that is my dream girl. It's but it, you know she's. I don't know that she's my dream girl. The cat. Well, some occasional yeah, character. No, the pro- she's here's played. the problem with Elizabeth Shue. I go right at you. It's not just that character. It's all she was Allie in Ugh. Karate Kid, and she was also in Adventures in Babysitting. And the girl from Adventures in Babysitting. Uh, so that. that that combination but the Allie of them. in Karate Kid no, my and favorite that girl of all time. Characters. My favorite girl of all time. Yeah, just. And what, she, and once she, she got to leaving Las me. Vegas, she grew then up, I was like, all right. She grew up right near me. She grew up in South Orange, New Jersey, Did went to Columbia know? High School when I went to Livingston. So she's a little bit older, but Andrew Shue, who's much older, was her brother. And my buddy uh, – did I tell this story already about, like, scouting out Elizabeth Shue's house? Did you ever tell it to me before? I don't, or I don't know. Or all right, talking so about on the podcast? Maybe. I don't remember. But if, I, if I've already told the story, I apologize. But my buddy Steve Ross, who we dropped in at Washington University in St. Louis. Yeah. Remember, he was the guy that yeah, hooked us up about with that, that food. Right. He lived in South Orange, New Jersey, directly across the street from her parents. So I went over and played one day at his house. I was probably about 10 years old. And she was there visiting. And I saw her leave that house and get out and go into her car. Isn't she substantially older than us? Yeah, about like eight years. Okay. Uh, so, so she was like a senior in high school when you were 10? Yeah, she might, she might have already been, you know, God right. knows what. I mean, right. she could have been 20. I don't know. But all I know is she's the most beautiful girl I ever saw. And I like, I knew she was famous. And I knew Stephen told me that she lived there. And I actually saw her walk into a car 10 feet away from me. And it was like, remember that Pepsi commercial where the kids see uh, Cindy Crawford? Yeah, of course. That's what the moment was like for me. Slow motion. Like, yeah, slow motion. I'll, it's in my head for the rest of my life. <laughs> you know, and uh, I, ah, went, I used to ask to go over his house all the time in the hopes I would get a glimpse of her. And I never saw her again. So it was so disappointing from that point forward. And then he moved and I was literally like, I'm never going to talk to you again. Sorry, dude. But um my apologies, Steve. You're an awesome guy. So if you're a fan of the podcast, thank you for letting me uh, come and try to. All right, so I forgot what I'm shit. trying to think of here. You're, oh, you're right. trying. So to... I got Kokomo, yep. and then I got to get a 1967. The last number one hit the Beach Boys had before Kokomo. Gosh, man, I have something that I think is close to 67. Go for it. Let it roll. I feel like it's a. I feel like it's a. Uh... I feel like it's a pretty good guess at this. I mean, they've got so many hits, but I, all right. It's probably wrong, but I, whatever. I get around. Nope. It's good vibrations. 
Good Vibrations, 1967. That's it. You know, come on. I mean, it's as long as you didn't go with uh, something right off the the first album, then it was it was a legitimate guess. Um, so speaking of longtime stuff, this is a, another interesting one that I just learned about that I did not know. Uh, I, I knew who this guy was, and I knew his job, and I knew his uh, place on the show's history, but I did not know who his wife was. So I guess uh, I'll give you this as a two-parter. Uh, I'm going to ask it in reverse, but who was the longtime leader of the Saturday Night Live band, and who was he uh, married G. to? G.E. Smith. G.E. Smith I'm in the Saturday Night Live one. band. Yep. All right, so G.E. Smith was uh, married to... Gilda Radner. That's absolutely correct. Married to Gilda oh. Radner. So... That was amazing. G. Smith was a master musician. He was there forever and a day. But uh, what was his background? Didn't he? Didn't he play? Was he with Bob Dylan? Yeah, he was the lead guitarist uh, for Bob Dylan's band for a while. Makes perfect sense to me. So, uh, a couple of uh, uh, of legends. What else you got for me in uh, the world of entertainment? I think I got one or two more things before we call it a day. Okay, um, we had talked about this before. How we like questions where there's like ingredients into things. Sure. Uh, but this has a little bit of an entertainment slant to it. Uh, what Disney movie title is a stew of eggplant, zucchini, and tomato? Ratatouille. Ratatouille. <laughs> yeah, I always thought go. that was just about rats. I no, I, I think it. it was a play on words. Yeah. For, for... Oh, okay. It's about rats and also ratatouille. It's actually funny because I didn't ask a question earlier today uh, that was that was in here, which was a food question. And what B word is used to describe a certain type of fish stew? Booyabase. Booyabase. So between <laughs> Booyabase and Ratatouille, you, you got those. So that's an interesting one. I love Booyabase. Uh, here, here is a uh, something that I found kind of fascinating. Um, well, I don't know if it's I don't know if it's fascinating, but uh, do you know what swimsuit edition or uh, swimsuit cover Probably. model? Probably. John Legend is married to. Oh yeah. Yeah, she's got the worst Instagram. Do not follow her, because you will. You will regret it. Yeah, you know what it is. I'm just. I'm not one of those people that likes to feel the emotion of jealousy. Right, and it's and just, then I see their life, and like they're like, just always. She, she like loves to cook. Oh. <laughs> it's like she's always making these like like. You, you follow her Instagram not for hot chicks. No, for like delicious food. <laughs> <laughs> so good for her. Um, yeah, her what is, is her name? Oh, man. It's like, I don't know what your name is, but I know you mean a mean paella. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Why am I uh, drawing a blank? I'll, I'll think of it in a second. I just haven't. Uh, she just had a baby recently. Um, yeah, that's, that's what made me think of the question. Oh, Chrissy Teigen. Chrissy Teigen. But, yep, yep, absolutely. So she's definitely. Uh, she's a hell of a cook. <laughs> she's a hell of a catch. <laughs> yeah. I think that's uh, that's impressive stuff. You know, we were talking about one of the great movies of all time. Which is True Romance, um, sure, uh, written by Quentin Tarantino, not directed by him, but it had one of the greatest casts uh, ever assembled, uh, and that led me to a different question. Do you remember any of the titles of the chapters of Pulp Fiction? Do any any stick out? The Watch, The Gold Watch, <laughs> The Gold Watch. That's the one that sticks yeah, out. Yeah. So the one of the questions I have this week is the Gold Watch and the Bonnie situation. Okay, the Bonnie situation. The Bonnie situation. One. Remember what that one was. Yeah, was the Bonnie situation the one where he gets the, the they get the uh, needle in the heart? Is that the Bonnie situation? No, I think it's when they kill the kid in the back of the car and they have to show up at this guy's house right. to clean out the car and they bring in the wolf. 
Yeah, that's the, where they show the Bonnie the situation. Yeah, I think the Bonnie situation is his. Oh, because Bonnie's coming home. Bonnie, Bonnie's is coming, coming home. home. That's right. Yep, yep. So that's uh, one of my all-time favorite movies, and I've just I'm going back on on rewatching a bunch of Quentin Tarantino stuff, both for some upcoming quizzes. But, yeah, that won't uh, do you wrong. Those movies, are nah, it's all great. You know, the thing is though, it's it they're amazing, but it is kind of like a redundant theme now that I'm following, where just everyone's going to die. That guy needs well, to know, get he, involved with Game of Thrones. He does space his movies far enough apart where you don't feel like, you know. That's going to come. I get to see this death scene. But, like, the yeah, last. The, the, it's like once every three years you get one. Sure. So, you know. If a lot of people are going to die if I he's making I didn't love the Kill Bills. I liked them. But I didn't love them. Yeah, it was, that was the least of but, my favorite. But the, to me, Django Unchained was an amazing movie. The, the real uh, comeback like the was Inglorious Bastards. Inglorious Bastards. Because it was like a. Fantastic. It was a little break. And then Inglorious Bastards, I think he went back to what made him great. Uh, that was one of the best movies ever. That was very pulp fiction but like kill bill again if anybody else did it I'd be like that was an awesome movie it's just yeah when you hold it to the standards of jackie brown pulp fiction django uh, god he's 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 a absolute legend but uh now that uh, that is one of the watches that will never get old you could watch pulp fiction a hundred times and catch new stuff every single time but there's things i forgot like the bonnie situation that's great trivia what was her name what was the woman's name like yeah, who is that even referring to yep, yep. do you remember the shirt that john uh, travolta i do threw on? i do it's the banana favorite, slugs right my favorite uh, uh you see santa cruz uh you see you see santa barbara no no, you the Gauchos see, yes. are Santa Barbara. The Gauchos are Santa Barbara. You see Santa Cruz, the fighting it's tequila Santa banana slugs. Yeah, okay, yeah. Yeah. Yep. yep. So there you go. Uh, so what you guys just get done from a volleyball game? <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. All right, anything else you got before we call it a day on this uh, Quizzo one podcast? final thing. Uh, how about this one? What 1983 song did Quincy Jones want to rename for fear that people would think it was about a tennis star? What 1983 song did Quincy Jones want to rename for a fear that people would think is about a tennis star? It is Wimbledon. We talked tennis, so I figured I'd finish on that one. There's only one answer that this could even make sense for, and it's got to be Billie Jean. Billie Jean. It's Billie Jean King. Billie Jean King. Absolutely. You certainly did not want to confuse the song Billie Jean with Billie Jean King. (laughs) <laughs> absolutely, and and because I absolutely loved this outro, and I'm going to listen to it again. I'm what song did Elton John write about Billie Jean King? About Billie Jean King? Mm-hmm. And Candle in the Wind, I know that. That's Philadelphia uh, Freedom. No way. Yeah, pretty sure. Billie Jean King is about Philadelphia Freedom? Pretty sure. He, it, she inspired it, at oh. least. I mean, whether or not it's lyrically in there. Um, that's good. No, that's That's awesome trivia. All right, don't cut me off yet. Let me just because I did say it. I want to make sure. Yeah, I got yeah, this, no, yeah. I got this right. This is the we, last thing we don't want to throw that out the there. That it's like, and all right, let's go it. back and, uh, and I fix that. I should have had this info ready to go. But no, no, you're good. That's how we do things. Yeah, John was looking to honor Billie Jean King. Wow. So there so you go. So he asked Bernie to write a song called Philadelphia Freedom. Bernie Taupin, who is of course his lyricist and and what's writing the correct partner? pronunciation of H O M A G E? Is it homage? homage. An homage, because I, I don't know why I feel like yeah, a it's not pompous. A, it's not a homage. Saying it's homage. A, no, it's homage. So, yeah, sometimes people, Ooh, garage. Paying, paying, Ooh, look at you, Mr. So fancy. Hand. Garage with your French words. <laughs> well, what do you call it, Mo? A car hole. <laughs> <laughs> All right, great Simpsons there. All right, so for Nick, uh, my name is Drew. We will see you next week on the Quizzo Trivia Podcast, everybody. Get home safe. Get home safe. That's what I say at Quizzo. <laughs> this has been the Quizzo Trivia Podcast. Visit us online at quizzopodcast.com for more information. What you do in your father's garage.
tune-ups, oil changes, brake relining, engine rebuilds, rebuilt some trannies, rear end. Okay, okay. But does being an ex-mechanic necessarily qualify you as being expert on tire marks? No. Thank you. Goodbye. Sit down and stay there until you're told to leave. Your Honor, Ms. Vito's expertise is in general automotive knowledge. It is in this area that her testimony will be applicable. Now, if Mr. Trotter wishes to voir dire a witness as to the extent of her expertise in this area, I'm sure he's going to be more than satisfied. Okay. All right. All right. Now, uh, Ms. Vito, being an expert on general automotive knowledge, can you tell me what would the correct ignition timing be on a 1955 Bel Air Chevrolet with a 327 cubic inch engine and a four-barrel carburetor? Does that mean that you can't answer it? It's not a trick question. It's impossible to answer. Impossible because you don't know the answer. Nobody could answer that question. Your Honor, I move to disqualify Miss Vito as an expert witness. Can you answer the question? No, it is a trick question. Why is it a trick question? Watch this. The Chevy didn't make a 327 in 55. The 327 didn't come out till 62. And it wasn't offered in the Bel Air with a four-barrel carb till 64. However, in 1964, the correct ignition timing would be four degrees before top dead center. Well, oh, she's acceptable, you know. Ms. Vito, please answer the question. Does the defense's case hold water? No. The defense is wrong. Are you sure? I'm positive. How could you be so sure? Because there is no way that these tire marks were made by a 64 Buick Skylark. These marks were made by a 1963 Pontiac Tempest. Objection, Your Honor. Can we clarify to the court whether the witness is stating opinion or fact? This is your opinion? It's a fact. I find it hard to believe that this kind of information could be ascertained simply by looking at a picture. Would you like me to explain? I would love to hear this. So would I. The car that made these two equal length tire marks had positive traction. Can't make those marks without positive traction, which was not available on the 64 Buick Skylark. And why not? What is positive traction? It's a limited slip differential which distributes power equally to both the right and left tires. The 64 Skylark had a regular differential, which anyone who's been stuck in the mud in Alabama knows you step on the gas, one tire spins, the other tire does nothing. Next friend. Is that it? No, there's more. You see, when the left tire mark goes up on the curb and the right tire mark stays flat and even, mm -hmm. well, the 64 Skylark had a solid rear axle. So when the left tire would go up on the curb, the right tire would tilt out and ride along its edge. But that didn't happen here. The tire mark stayed flat and even. This car had an independent rear suspension. Now, in the 60s, there were only two other cars made in America that had positive traction and independent rear suspension and enough power to make these marks. One was the Corvette, which could never, 
be confused with the Buick Skylark. The other had the same body length, height, width, weight, wheelbase, and wheel track as the 64 Skylark, and that was the 1963 Pontiac Tempest. And because both cars were made by GM, were both cars available in metallic mint green paint? They were. Thank you, Ms. Vito. No more questions. Thank you very, very much. You've been a lovely, lovely witness.